Thanks for listening to our Legacy Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Christ. And you visit us soon at our Legacy Church campus in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. For more information, visit us online at www.legacychurchri.com. Let's open this morning by looking at the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 20. This is probably one of the most powerful and one of the most quoted scriptures in the Bible. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, in the King James, it says, exceeding abundantly more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him give a, I will give glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. You know, God is a God who's able. God is a God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ever imagine or think. Our mindset is so limited as compared to the mindset of God. When you look up at the sky at night, especially on a dark night, it's overwhelming. I don't know if you've ever done this. Just lay down in the grass or lay down somewhere and look up. There's an overwhelming feeling that comes upon you when you see the number of stars and the number of galaxies. Yet the Bible says that he knows the stars. He calls them by name. How incredible is this God? And we can never imagine that, that in all the universes, God knows you by name. God knows you by name. When the Lord speaks with his angels... You know, when he's having some pasta in heaven, the table. And he thinks about you. Maybe you're praying, and he hears you pray. He knows you by name. What an incredible God we serve. Incredible God we serve. So today is, is not just a, a declaration of a, a name change of the church. It's a declaration that God has put a people together who he knows by name. He's put families together that he knows by name for an incredible purpose that is beyond what we can even imagine. The prayers that we will pray as a church, God's going to do exceedingly abundantly, more than we can ask or think. You know, I'm reminded of a day 27 years ago, and I think I shared this story not too long ago. Where, you know, we had just started the church a few years into the church, New Life Worship Center. And, um, and it used to be a community chapel at the time before we changed that name to New Life. And, um, and we were going into a warehouse. And uh, the warehouse was being constructed. And so one night as we, we were working on that warehouse and rehabbing, we stood outside and it was a dark night, but the, the stars were just shining brilliantly. And we were all standing, probably a bunch, about 12 guys, and we were standing on a pile of dirt. And I remember looking up into the heavens, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me, like, almost like it was an audible voice. And as we were praying, God, we give our lives to you. There were executives there, there were workers there, laborers there, there were single people, there were married guys. And as we were praying, I looked up and I saw the stars and I heard the Holy Spirit say, these are the same stars 
that David prayed under. These are the same stars that Moses prayed under. These are the same stars that Jesus prayed under. And, and as I think back and say there was a group of people that God had brought together at that time who stayed faithful, who stayed committed, who sacrificed of their lives, who sacrificed of their time and their effort and their finances because they felt a greater calling in their lives. See, the calling of God is deep within you. It gets buried by the cares of this world. It gets buried by the hurts of this world. It gets buried by the stuff of life. But there's a calling deep within you. There's an eternal calling in you. You have to listen. God is calling. And I, I feel that the same calling that was upon that group of men many years ago, that what God would use, and women, that God would use, to do an incredible work where now we look forward 30 years or 27 years and we see thousands upon thousands upon thousands of lives that have been restored, families restored, divorces avoided, addictions broken, the gospel coming alive in this region of the country, not only this region, now the world. And I think, God, you use a group of people. And I pray, God, the group of people that you have now, at Legacy Church, I pray, use us. Use us. Use us. God appoints a certain time for you to be born, the Bible teaches. Whether you like it or not, you are here in Rhode Island. Some of you would rather be in Hawaii. Some of you, some of me, would rather be in the Caribbean. <laughs> but we're here in Rhode Island. So if God has put you here in Rhode Island, he must think you have the stuff in you to handle the enemies of his territory. Let me tell you, you even talk tough. If you're a Rhode Islander, your accent is tough. You know, I remember when I used to travel my job years ago, people used to say, hey, are you from New York? I said, no, not really. Well, you sound like you're from New York. I says, I'm from Rhode Island. I said, yeah, Rhode Island, that's part of New York. I said, no, no, Rhode Island's a state. But God has put us together for such a time as this. The Apostle Paul, we'll look at the book of Acts. He stood in a meeting of the Areopagus, which was a group of elite men who were philosophers of the time. They were counselors to kings at the time. And they were the mind the intellect of, of Athens. And, uh, and, and what's interesting, as you think about this, God used Paul, who was brilliant. Even in colleges and universities today, they say the writings of the Apostle Paul are the most brilliant writings of all time. Paul was brilliant. Paul was brilliant. God used him. But God put Paul amongst these philosophers, amongst these great thinkers, you know that God will put you in a place that people will relate to you? You might be a carpenter. You might be working at McDonald's. Wherever you are in life, God puts you where he wants you so that others can relate to you. Your story is meaningful to somebody. And sometimes we won't tell our story because we're ashamed of our story. God wants your story to impact this world. 
So here's Paul amongst his peers. And he says this, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. And this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. You know, it's interesting because I believe that this region of New England, was this, which is filled with universities, especially Rhode Island, filled with universities and, and healthcare care and, and the intellect, is very similar to this place of Athens. Very similar. Where people have religion, there's steeples everywhere. There's churches everywhere. People have some form of religion, but they don't know their God. They don't know who Jesus really is. How many of us were raised in, in religion, in some form of ceremony, and we did not know our God? He was an unknown God. You know, I'm reminded of, of um, uh, an uncle that I had in my life. And every once in a while, I, I, don't, I don't remember why, but I'd be in the car with him. And as we would be driving every single church, which is a lot of churches as you're driving. Every single church that he would pass by, I see him do this. Make the sign of the cross. Now, it wasn't just once. He would do it repeatedly. I, I, I thought he was being attacked by a mosquito or something. Some type of, you know. But he would do this. And we'd go by another church. He would make the sign of the cross a million times. It wasn't just once. And it, to me, it was really strange because... He didn't believe in life after death. He believed once you go in the dirt, you're dead. It was an unknown God. But yet, he had some form of ritual, some superstition. He did not know God. He didn't know the living God. The Jesus who died and resurrected. A God who was for him. And Paul goes on to say, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. Say everything else. Every good thing in your life, trust me, comes from God. Whether you deserve it or not, because God is good. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out, listen, he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your poets have said, we are his offspring. You know, in Christ, we find life. In Christ, we find our purpose. In Him, we live and we have our being. And what's so awesome about God is in your life, when God is unknown, you are never unknown to Him. God might have been unknown to you, but you have always been in His heart and His mind, His thoughts and His plans. You have never been unknown to God. Jesus said in Mark 12, 27, He is the God, not the God of the dead, but of the living. Are you alive this morning? Say amen. 
If you are alive this morning, God is your God. He's intimately involved in your life. You know, when I look around the congregation, I see people who are genuinely searching for God. I see people in this congregation who've been touched by God dramatically. I see people who've been forgiven of much. I see people who have been delivered of much. I see people in the process of healing, in the process of being delivered. I see people where God's hand of mercy is upon. And sometimes you don't think you deserve it, and you don't. But God, is his hand's upon you. That's why you're here today. You're here today because God has a greater purpose for your life. He's put you, he's positioned, he's appointed you, he's destined you for such a time as this. And what's interesting is that God is not too concerned about your perfection. He's concerned about your reaction. He's not concerned about your perfection. He's concerned about your reaction. What will you do with the cross, the sacrifice of Jesus? What will you do about the life, the gift of life that he has given you? You know, God will use the least likely to make the greatest impact in the world. It's his way. He will use people in a high school to educate the world about the good news of Jesus. He brings us to a high school and thinks, God, you have us in a high school. Yeah, I want you to educate. Say, I'm an educator. Come on. I'm an educator. I'm going to educate people who Jesus really is. Amen? You know, I went to see a documentary last week, and, um, and I was going to kind of post it and encourage everyone to go to either Providence Place Mall or the showcase to go see a documentary about Russ Taft. But I said I'd be aging myself, and probably not many people know Russ Taft, but Russ Taft is a brilliant, a brilliant musician, brilliant musician. You know, Amy Grant, you heard of Amy Grant? Amy Grant was a contemporary Russ, Russ Taft. Michael W. Smith, have you heard of him? Okay, hopefully you have. If you're not, you've been living in another world, you know. But contemporaries of Russ Taft. You know, Russ Taft, he won five Grammys. He's won like 13 Dove Awards. He's an amazing, amazing singer and, uh, and an amazing songwriter. And, uh, and I think of Russ Taft because he's one of the greatest. He's one of my favorites of all time. One of my favorites of all time. And, uh, and I remember going to a concert with uh, Pastor Steve and Pastor Nancy and Pastor Mike and Pam, and we all went one Sunday night to Boston to a concert of Russ Taft. And when he sung, his words were so powerful. There's an anointing upon his life. There's an anointing upon his gift. And I look back and say, you know what? I don't know this guy personally, but he had a major impact upon my life as a Christian. His music had a major impact. I would read the words of this song, and they would speak to me. And when he would sing, he would speak to me. And I'd say, why when this guy sings? It's so real. It's so raw. I didn't realize that he was an alcoholic. He struggled with alcoholism. See, he grew up in a home. His father was a minister on Sunday, but he was a, a, a violent drunk the rest of the week. He was abused by his father. He was abused by his mother. But what's interesting, even in, in that type of home, he ran to God. 
he never turned from God. He would go to a church and he would cry out to God, God, why, why, why? And he felt no escape. But what's an amazing thing about his life is even in his imperfections, God used his gift because he never renounced God. He never renounced Jesus. And what's so amazing, too, is, is you see in this documentary, he wasn't rejected by the church, but they prayed for him. They didn't condemn him. They loved him. You know, I mean, his suffering was enough. And God, you know, God will take you off your platform to do what he needs to do with you. But, you know, I'm saying this because God is so intimately involved in our lives. So the story goes on of his life where someone that he had known called him and said, Russ, my father is dying, and his father was a pastor. He's dying, and will you come? He loves you, Russ. He loves you. Will you come and sing to him on his deathbed? And here's a man who was alcoholic, probably with lots of shame. What am I going to do? You want me to come minister to a pastor? Do you know who I am? Do you know my struggle? But he humbled himself, and he went, and he, and he was at this man's deathbed, and he pulled out his guitar, and he started singing to this man. And then the man said, Russ, will you pray for me? And I can imagine what went through his mind. Me? Pray for you? You're a pastor. You should be praying for me, you know. And, but he humbled himself, and, uh, and he prayed for this man. And then he said, and what's interesting is, and I missed this part, it's the most important part, is when he walked into that room, he looked at this man, and he looked just like his father. He was in shock. The man looked just like his father. And he was frozen because he could see his father. And when he sang to him, and then, then the man said, um, and then Russ Taff, after Russ prayed for this man, Russ Taff said, will you pray for me? And the man got up off his deathbed, and he laid hands on Russ Taff, and he started speaking to him everything that his father should have spoken to him. I love you, Russ. I love you, Russ. You're a good man, Russ. And he started, and as he was praying over him, the power of the Holy Spirit came on him, and he started sobbing because he could hear his father's voice speaking to him. And it was his father in heaven that was speaking through his man, and he got completely delivered of alcoholism that moment, that moment. So you think every person has the opportunity to change a life. Every person in this room, you are an opportunity to change your life. No matter what place you're in, you're an opportunity to change your life. You know, God will even use children to change lives. You know, I was reading a story. My, my, uh, my wife's sister says she brought her little daughter to, to the doctor, and uh, they didn't go to the normal doctor because uh, they didn't want to wait in line, so they went to a clinic. And so they went to this clinic, and this doctor came to help them. And the daughter asked, asked her, uh, does this doctor know Jesus? Does he know Jesus, Mom? And she says, I don't know. So the doctor comes in, and boldness of a child. <laughs> help us, God, to be like little children, you know? She says to this doctor, 
do you know Jesus? And he started crying his eyes out. What was happening in this man? But God used his child. Our lives are an opportunity to be used by God. You know, King David, he didn't know that he would be a giant killer. He was a, a shepherd boy. He was the last of his brethren. He was a shepherd boy in a field. You know, he had, he had his, his stick. He had his little harp. We need a harpist. <laughs> he had his little harp, and he probably had his stinky little sandals because he was amongst the sheep. He didn't know who he was in God. He didn't know who he was in God. But God had a calling. God had a purpose in his life. And so when it came time, David rose up, and he used what he had, what he had learned. You know, he'd learned how to use a slingshot. And stones to protect his sheep. The Bible says he killed a lion and a bear. And something rose up in him when it needed to rise up in him. And he slew Goliath and he rescued his people from the tyranny of this giant. Because he was willing to use what he had. He had a stone. He didn't, you know the other Israelites, they were locked down in fear on the sidelines. And here comes David. This young man said, hey, this isn't right. That has to rise up in us, especially in this day and age. People are bound by, by godlessness. People are bound by, by all kinds of darkness. They know they're searching. They don't know where to go. We can't hide our light under a bushel. No, we got to let it shine. Sing that song. We got to let it shine. David stood up. But he didn't know the calling that was on his life. And what's interesting is David goes on to be a great man, but yet he was despised like Jesus. He was rejected like Jesus. The Bible says Jesus was a man acquainted with much sorrow. David was hunted down like an animal. The person, his authority figure, rejected him. Not only rejected him, wanted to kill him. And yet David honored the principle of honoring his authority. And here's a David in, David in a cave suffering of depression, rejection. Yet he took that because that's what he had at the time. He gives it to God and he writes the book of Psalms and, and he created intimacy of worship. We sing worship. We lift our hands this morning. We worship God in song because of David. David took his depression and he used it for the glory of God. Whatever we have, God will take and use for his glory. You look at the life of Moses, talking about having an abandonment issue. Here's a kid thrown in a river. Pharaoh has, is, issues an edict, kill all the male children. You know why? Because God's blessing was on the people so much that the women weren't just having kids. They were having tribes. They were having litters of kids. And the Pharaoh was worried. These people are going to overtake our people. That's what the church should be. We need to overtake the land of Egypt. So keep having kids, guys. Keep having kids. So here's, here's Moses in a river who ends up being the man that God uses, the kid in the river, 
is the guy that God uses to part the Red Sea. Are you in a river? Get ready. Because God's going to have you do something mighty. Are you in a place where you feel abandoned? Get ready. That's the perfect place to be. Look at Moses. I want to be like Moses. You sure? Because God might put you in a river. God might separate you from comfort. People you love. You know, Moses had a death sentence on his life. But it doesn't matter what the devil does. You know, you have a contract on your head from the minute you're born. Satan wants to destroy your life. There's a contract on your head. But Jesus comes, and he dies on the cross, and he does this with the contract. He rips it. He destroys the contract. Your life is not controlled by darkness. Your life is controlled by Jesus Christ, who's a good God, who loves you, who has plans for your life. You know, when you look at, at some amazing people, like I don't know if you've ever seen uh, David Rover. Here's a guy who was burned almost to death in Vietnam. He's hard to look at. He's just, he's just a, he burned like from head to toe. Hard to look at. Complete deformity. But yet, he didn't let that stop him. There was something in him. Because I can do all things through Christ. And he preaches the gospel wherever he goes. Powerful. We see Nicholas Yusick, who's in Australia. He has no hands and no feet. He was born with no hands and no feet. But what he had, he gave to God. Lord, I don't have hands. Lord, I don't have feet. Lord, when I'm in public, I gross people out. But Lord, you're bigger. What I have, I give to you. I have a mouth, God. I'll use my mouth for the glory of God. To give your skill, give your talent, give what God has put in your hand to use for his glory. Because it's amazing what God can do. It's amazing what God can do when people come together in unity and say, you know what? This is my calling. This is my church. This is my part in life that I get to help the Lord share his good news to the earth. You know, Joseph, when he was left for dead by his brothers, when everything was going wrong in his life, in prison, you know, God took all that and put him second in command in all of Egypt. You read these stories and you say it's an impossibility, but we read what Paul said right at the beginning, that God can do beyond what we can even imagine. Whatever we ask for, your asking is small compared to what God can do. Don't ask small, ask big. If you ask God, God, I pray for a breakthrough in this area. I pray for a better job. Pray for the best job. Pray for, Lord, I pray that this year I bring one person to Jesus. I don't want to be fruitless. I want to be fruitful. I pray. Pray you bring 20 to Jesus, 30 to Jesus. You young people, pray. God, give me East Greenwich High School. God, give me Exeter High School. God, give me Cranston West 
Lord, put Moses' anointing on me. Put David's anointing on me. God, give me North Kingston. God, give me Johnston High School. God, put power upon me. God, give me my workplace. God, put your anointing of David upon me. God, I pray I would not be timid. I would be bold as a lion. Oh, God, I give you what I have. I give you what I have. I give you what I have. Oh, Lord, we come before you today, and we give you what we have. Thanks for listening today. We hope you were blessed by our Legacy Church podcast and hope to see you soon at our 11 a.m. church service in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. You can connect with us on any social media platform at Legacy Church RI. Have a blessed week.